Hello, and welcome to episode 40 of UX Soup, a short-form podcast that looks beyond the buzzwords to give you the latest developments impacting the user experience of personal devices and services in the home, in the car, and on the go. As always, UX Soup is presented by Strategy Analytics, a global research and consulting firm providing our clients with insights, analysis, and expertise. I'm Chris Schreiner, and I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Lisa Cooper. Hello. Hello. 40th episode. Yes, episode number 40. We'll have a celebration at 50, I think. (laughs) (laughs) It's like an anniversary. Do we get like some sort of special present as podcasters? Yes. What is the the, uh, traditional 40th anniversary present? Maybe we get a glass microphone or something. (laughs) We'll get right on that. (laughs) So today on our podcast, what we want to talk about is the recent Google I.O. event. Google I.O. is their developer event that they have every year. Uh, This year they had it May 18th to 20th, and they announced a slew of improvements to Android uh, through Android 12 that will impact uh, smartphones, it'll impact car, it'll impact smart home, and a few other innovations, projects, and enhancements that we wanted to talk about. So we'll, we'll get to a few of them today, certainly not all of them, but we wanted to talk about some of the ones that were most interesting to us. So Lisa, what, what was one that really stood out for you? The first one uh, I think that would be good to talk about is one called Project Starline. Now, Project Starline is something Google's working on where they're trying to enhance telepresence uh, in for face-to-face meetings, for social and, and business purposes too. And the way they've done this is they, they try, they're trying to create this magic window where it feels like the person you're speaking to is really there. And the way they do that is by having a large size screen and the person you're speaking to is life-size and they use AI and 3D rendering to really enhance the presence of the person you're speaking to. It really feels like they're there. Yeah, looking at the demo videos that they had of it, I mean, the renderings looked very impressive. It it was pretty realistic. It looked it looked really really promising. And a couple to, of things though that might be challenging for them is is how affordable will this be for people to have in their homes? But I think they're they're aiming to approach retailers first, the retail space first, because it does require some customized equipment and of course this big screen. So this isn't something most people are going to be having in their living rooms, at least not right away. <laughs> No, it looks promising, but their challenge will be to make this affordable and accessible for people in the consumer space. But it, it, some people have likened it to kind of a prison setting. So it feels <laughs> like you're literally talking to someone through a glass window or sitting across a table from them. And yes, yeah, some of the demo video, videos, it, it just looks really impressive. Yeah, sitting across from the table part of it sounds really good. In the past year and a half, when we've been locked down and away from loved ones, you know, a 2D Zoom call just doesn't quite cut it. It doesn't cut it, no. To have kind of a 3D space that where you start to lose yourself into thinking that you really are sat at a table across from somebody having a conversation, that kind of 
takes it to a whole new level. The oh prison yeah, element. And, and it does look like like that. It looks like it can deliver that to people. I mean, just imagine, especially if you're if you're deaf or you can actually use sign language in a way that's much more realistic. You can actually, it, it almost feels like you can touch the person because yeah. the 3D rendering is, it looks pretty good. The, the prison part of it is a little off-putting, but I think overall, it, from what we've seen of it, this, I, this looks very impressive. Yeah, I think the only reason they likened it to that was because normally when you go see someone at prison, in prison, you're in this, you know, you have a glass between you. And it maybe feels a bit like that. But to me and to others, I heard it, it felt more like they're sat across the, from a, uh, yeah. across the table from one another. One great use case for this would be to have it in nursing homes, elderly care facilities, have one communal one in a space where residents yeah. would be able to have more of that immersive interaction with their loved ones. I think that would be a, a great place to That would be a start. great use case. Because it may not be affordable for people to have, everybody no. to have in their homes, no. but if they approached institutions or um, healthcare institutions, that would be a phenomenal use case, yeah. yeah. Chris, what was one of the standout features or changes that Google be, will be making uh, that you see will affect the UX of their products? Well, one of the more noticeable ones that smartphone owners will see is their focus on widgets. So Apple... And iOS 14 put a new focus on widgets. Widgets up to this point really started to fall out of favor. Developers weren't necessarily supporting them as much anymore. Consumers didn't find as much value in them. With Apple and iOS 14, they they put a renewed emphasis on them. So widgets, I mean, they can be great because you don't have to then open an app. You've got a several square block where app information can be displayed. And there has been some limited functionality. What Google announced uh, with their widgets, their kind of answer to what Apple did, is they're enhancing that functionality even more. So one of the issues, like for me, with widgets that I might have on my phone, so I have an email widget, and I can see what emails have come in, and I can click on an email, which will then open the app and let me view the email, But within the widget itself, that's pretty much all I can do. I'd love to be able to look at that widget and delete an email right away rather than having to go and open up the app and do that. So adding that kind of additional functionality to a widget could drive adoption. These widgets are also interesting because they're going to have some impact in the automotive space as well. Yeah, I was going to say Android Auto will also benefit from these, correct? Yes, yes, it will. Because one of the other announcements was that these widgets would be supported through uh, Google Assistant, through voice commands, through Android Auto. Yeah. So let's say you have an email widget and a new email comes in, but your Android Auto doesn't have a dedicated app for it, for that email service. You can use Google Assistant to say, read my email from this email app. So it greatly increases what you can do in the car and does it through voice. I think the challenge there will be, again, discoverability, awareness on the user's part that they can do this. Yeah, and I think it's almost it would almost help with driver distraction because it sort of chunks that information too. So you could be able to access these widgets. They'd be able to pull from your behaviors and your habits. So 
if you wanted to order something from somewhere and you're on the go and you're in the car and you'd be able to access it with voice and it would be able to pull from your favorite menus or your favorite places, things like that. Ideally, yes, that all. Yeah, ideally. It's it's all in the deployment. It's all (laughs) in the rollout. As as we've talked in previous episodes, like the, the voice ads episode a few episodes ago around AI and determining user intent and all of that and the work that needs to be done there. I know Google announced a few things that would hopefully improve that. And I'm hopeful that at some point that we'll be able to to achieve some of that. Well, one of the other things that came out of Google I.O. was something really interesting with search. They're trying to enhance search so that it's, you know, when you, you type something into Google, they are adding augmented reality into some of the search results. They've added AR athletes to search. It's supposed to be, according to their blog, a way to enhance learning. So, for example, they have it for three or four athletes. Uh, Simone Biles is one of them, where you can place her in your environment and you can watch one of her famous routines on the balance beam. Uh, So, that way you can learn. Yeah, you can see form and technique and things like that. And, but you know, the thing with that is it really depends on your phone, how well it works. Uh, so I have an iPhone 12 Pro, which has LiDAR on it. And because it has a LiDAR, it's just more efficient than if you have an Android or, an, or a different kind of phone. Yeah. I, I don't have an iPhone 12 Pro. And, and when I try that, it yes, I, I could see some routine, some, I, I could see it somewhere in the room. But once you start to move around, it kind of moves with you, you know, you're supposed to be able to get that 360 view and really see right from all different angles. So let's say if it was a tennis player and you're seeing their swing and you're trying to copy their form that you could look at that from all the different angles on my phone, at least, which is, it's, it's a very good phone. It's a Samsung galaxy, but it, it just didn't. Yeah. It didn't work as effectively. It's harder to move around. You don't get to see it from all those different angles. It's it's a bit more clunky. Yeah. And until they get better at capturing movement, it's going to be a little clunky. Yeah. Currently though, it's it's more like a it's more for fun and entertainment. You can't right. zoom in and you can't really analyze what's going on. You really need that motion. You need motion capture to do that. It's yeah. uh, but for it's more for fun and entertainment right now. But there's great potential in the future for this to be a learning tool it's a bit ironic in a way that this feature works better on an iphone than it does on a android phone at this point in time but that's really i mean the lidar element really does help with that it does allow you to get a better a better viewpoint from different angles but like you said we think that the way that they're rendering that isn't through full volumetric motion capture, which would be ideal if it's really to be used as a training element, that this is more. Yeah, volumetric video is really needed. But it's fun. For yeah. now, it's fun. And it's a great step in the right direction. Right. It just needs that volumetric element to actually be useful. Yeah, yeah. So you could speed it up, slow it down really get into it for it to be a learning tool. But think about all the possible things that you could have in your own home. You could watch, you know, Gordon Ramsay make a, a meal in your own home or 
watch a famous guitarist play. Um, you could have a you. live concert in your living room with your favorite band. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's the beauty of LIDAR too. I mean, we covered that in a previous report, how having LIDAR in phones sort of makes all of that a lot more accurate. I think that's one of the enabling technologies that would make this kind of AR feature really take off. Yeah. So that was just a few of the, you know, we've only talked about three of the new innovations and updates they've got, but there, there were many more as part of that event. And we, we've put that together in a, a report as well and gone into that in a bit more depth. And that's available on our website at sa-ux.com. So Chris, is it time for? Condensed Soup. Whoop, whoop. So for Condensed Soup today, we just talked about AR athletes in search. So Lisa, what's AR athlete or other training learning use case would you want to use this for? Mm, that's a good question. I'm also an artist and I'm always looking for new techniques and new ways of doing thing, things. So it would be amazing if I could, instead of having to watch a YouTube video of something or even go to a workshop, it would be so nice to have an instructor right there showing me how to do something and to be able to move around that instructor and what they're doing and be able to look at what they and be able to rewind it and fast forward it and going really close. I would love that. That would be very useful to me. I also see a fun element to it. It would be nice to see performances of people that have passed away in your own home. That would be really fun. Maybe even amazing historical speeches you know, have the historical figure in your in your front room and see what that would, would have been like to have been around that. No, that would be cool. I think having historical recreations in your living room would be... Yeah, have like a, a fight. That, that would be a fun time. <laughs> you could join in maybe. To be sat in your living room and have the Battle of Gettysburg going on all around you. <laughs> so what about you, Chris? What would you want? Well, I'll go back to one that I... I wish I could have had, and that would have been growing up. I was, I was, I played baseball growing up in little league, never really progressed very far on that because I was very inconsistent and couldn't hit a curveball, <laughs> but it would have been nice to have somebody showing me a, a proper batting technique to be able to have that and be able to walk around it so that I could figure out an optimal stance. I think for a lot of these training ones, it would be good not only just to see and move around, but then to be able to compare what you're doing to what they're doing. Yes. So you could copy a master. So you can copy and, and kind of have that overlaid to see, oh, yes, I'm striding two inches farther than I should be yeah. with this. I think that would I could be... See, I could see that for golf and all sorts of things. I think that would be very helpful. And as far as for a fun one, oh, I'm, I'm all on the, it would be great to have an AR concert in your living room. Yeah. From bands present and gone. I think that would be, that would be a lot of fun. I, I would, I would pay for that. I think that's a good idea. Especially if you can control the volume now that I'm older and don't want to have my ears <laughs> blasted out. <laughs> Or speed it up. That'd be fun. Skip the songs I don't like. Skip the songs you don't like. <laughs> that would be good. 
So if you'd like to chat more about the Google I.O. event or anything else, or send us any questions, you can email us at uxsoup, all one word, at strategyanalytics.com. The show notes on our podcast website, ux-soup.com, has links to our recent research, as well as our report on the Google I.O. event. And there you can connect with each of us on LinkedIn. A reminder that UX Soup is sponsored, as always, by Strategy Analytics. Check out the latest user-focused insights in mobile, automotive, and the smart home by visiting strategyanalytics.com. Thanks for joining us. Bye for now.